It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to Breaking Social Norms. We are your host, The Wise Ops. We're doing another... This has become a very popular segment. I know, I love it. We're going to do another episode of What Would Josie Do? Where the audience asks Josie what they should do. <laughs> uh, and I think, I, and look, I know I'm biased, but you do give great advice. So I actually love that people in the audience feel comfortable to ask you questions like this. Yeah. And like they don't personally know you, you don't personally know them. Mm-mm. So that's actually really good. I think that's very uh, brave of these people to come to you. And I, and I know that they may not know us personally, but I'm here to vouch and say you give you give the best advice. I don't, I don't really... There's only a couple people I go to for advice, and you're definitely the top. Oh, nice. Thanks, so. Dave. So uh, today we're going to... We've got a... Qu- tell me... Give me a brief... Don't give me the whole thing because I got a little housekeeping stuff I want to cover about our... A recent morning coffee episode we recorded. Okay. But what can the what can the listeners get ready to hear about today? Um, we have two of them. I'm going to do two of them. One of them is a. They're both marital questions. One of them is about a a miscarriage or a few miscarriages, and then the other one is about um having your significant other spending more time away from you on the weekends, having long weekends together and the work around that. Like the, you mean this, the one person in the relationship, they're married and they're married. One is going uh, and doing long trips with girlfriends. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I like it. And all the feelings that that brings up when they're very close together. <laughs> oh, okay. I, my mind is already thinking. <laughs> I'm already thinking. Okay. Well, cool. That'll be good. Now, before we do that, though, I do want to recap something. I forgot 
So on the recent, okay, so we do a bonus show called Morning Coffee with the Wise Ops. It's only for Patreon and Apple Premium subscribers. Surely the audience already knows this. The free feed lovers already know that that's where they go to get ad-free, support the show, all those things. But we were I'm talking. Cold. You had that fan blowing right on me. Oh, okay. Okay, we had the fan turned off, everyone. <laughs> Isn't that the We did not have a fight about it either. <laughs> I kinda like it when air's blowing on me. It dries my eyes out. Mm-hmm. I get and I'm cold. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> it's ninety degrees, everybody, <laughs> by the way, with the windows open. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not exaggerating. Okay. Now. Okay. And this is what marriage is. It's a dance, folks. <laughs> it's a dance. All right, now listen. I the think last God made the mistake of making women. That's where God made a huge mistake. What We're do you mean? cold. We're cold women. This is what I don't get. All of our clothing is very thin. Like if you go into the men's section, men's sweatpants are the thick. Like you guys are out in blizzards. They are the thickest fucking pants I've ever seen. I've I've never seen a female sweatpants as thick as I've ever seen male sweatpants. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. And our sweatpants are always this thin, light shit. It's like, give us the thick-ass sweatpants. And I want skimpy little hoochie mama shorts, and I can't get them. Yeah, you can't find hoochie mamas. I have to get big basketball shorts. Yes. They just aren't. So I have to go to the women's running section (laughs) for my bright pink (laughs) shorts. Anywho, so we did a so we did on the bone on the morning coffee thing. We did a sh- episode men part three, where we talked about some other thoughts about male roles in society. I believe we had a really interesting conversation about Adam twenty two being called a cuck, yeah, because his letting his wife sleep with this black porn star mm-hmm. and all the crazy stuff involved with that. So. We had all these discussions, right? I for, I completely forgot to finish the story. I was I started talking about the American Gladiators documentary. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, yeah, sorry. And I didn't go back to it. I totally forgot to finish that thought. Mm-hmm. The what well, so let me finish that thought cuz we were talking about what were we talking about? We were talking about my father and a statement he had made to me and me thinking is was that Sort of him trying to tell me the social norms of men and what we're supposed, how we're supposed to view women. I, I couldn't really tell. I never knew. Mm-hmm. I still don't know. And I watched American Gladiators on Netflix, the mm-hmm. documentary. And Nitro, one of the gladiators, mm-hmm. he was talking about how he was programmed oh. into masculinity. And this is exactly what we've been talking about for weeks on the show. Men part one, part two, and then the part three one. Mm -hmm. The same thing. Exactly. Right there in front of me. Because this is a new documentary. What did he say? He said that when he was a kid, when he was a young boy, Mm -hmm. I think he was was in Japan because his mom was Japanese and his father was Caucasian. Okay. And his mom and dad were getting a divorce and his dad told his mom... I'm taking the the kids. Ooh. So when he was young, he implied he was I don't know ten years old, twelve years old, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. That's rude. And this was unless like uh, the forties, fifties, sixties, maybe I don't really know. Okay. 
Because he's, I don't know, how old is Nitro? He's, I mean, he must have been 25 in 1990. So that means he was born in like 65. So it must have been 70s, early 70s. Mm-hmm. Late 70s. And he said his he had a memory because, okay, so Nitro is this big, massive dude on American Gladiators. And he was talking about how he took steroids and he liked being real dominant and like, you know, beating people up, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And he said one of my earliest formative memories was my mom and dad getting divorced. My dad saying, I'm taking the kids. And I was sitting on the airplane and I look out the window and I could see my mom on the tarmac. I guess this is back. They used to do that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He said, I saw my mother on the tarmac crying. Oof. And he was crying. He's like, I was crying because I was being taken away from my mother and I didn't understand and all this, right? Yeah. He said, the guy behind me, a stranger, saw that I was crying. And he said, hey, let me see your muscles. And he was, you know, 10, 12 years old. And he sort of like flexed his arm, you know. And the guy said, see, you got big muscles. You're, You're a big boy. And big boys don't cry. And the guy was he trying to be trying to be a nice guy. Yeah. And this is this is kind of where I'm getting at with our fathers, you know, like my father, I should say. Mm-hmm. Like th- like that's the weird feeling I have towards him. Mm-hmm. I know he meant well. I know it. I I don't think he had one ill uh feeling towards me at all. Mm-hmm. But there was all these things that he did that I'm like, geez, why did he do that? And it's because he was programmed. Mm-hmm. And that's what this guy Nitro went through. He gets programmed as a kid to say, big boys don't cry. And he never cried again. And he just lift weights and become steroids. And I, th- I don't think that the that that's only a uh, masculine thing, though. I think it's uncomfortable for people to be around other people in emotion. Oh, yeah, like, totally. Worse, I think it is worse for men. It is hard to watch men cry. It, and I know that for a fact. Like when I see um, you cry or when I see my brothers cry. I cry a lot. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. I'm emotional. You're I cry, emotional, but I cry you a lot more cry. than I than I than I want to. You barely cry. What are oh, you talking about? I feel about? shame about it when I cry. Oh everybody does though. Mm-hmm. Everybody feels a lot of shame around crying. It's like it, it's almost, and you apologize to the person that has to witness it. Yeah, that I'm weird? so sorry. You have to see this. And it's so bizarre to, to be in such a, like when my brother passed away, people would want to talk to me about it, but it was hard for me to talk about it because every time I would talk about it, I would cry. And when I would cry, I would feel uncomfortable and I would hate that I would do it in front of people. So I would try and like figure out a story like how do I get through this story without fucking bawling? Because mm-hmm. it meant he meant so much to me, mm-hmm. and man, it's just like brutal. But the second part is like it's so uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for the person that's crying. It's uncomfortable for the person that's sitting with the person that's crying. And I think that that's a place that, as a society, we could really uh, like round out ourselves is is learning to be in somebody in that kind of emotional state. And not attaching anything to it. Mm-hmm. So not feeling shame or embarrassment or uncomfortableness. Like really like learning to temper that, all those things down and be like, it's okay for people to cry around me. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. 
weird. It is weird, but like I would do that too because all he was trying to do was like get his mind off of it. He's leaving, and this guy probably didn't realize. Oh, he's leaving his mother for forever or for a very long <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, that's that's true. That's a good point. You know what I <laughs> he mean? He probably had no idea. What he was probably really thought, going on. oh, he's just sad because he's leaving. Yeah. He's sad to leave or whatever. And I bet you he had no idea. I bet he didn't put any effort into. Oh, oh maybe that's the last time he's gonna see his mom for a really long time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Terrible. Ugh. But it's hard to cut. It's hard to know how. It's like even in a death, when somebody's significant other dies, and and they're just in this like dark, horrible place. It's hard to know what to say to them, and yeah, you, you want to comfort you, them, yeah. but like you don't want to, uh, like you don't want to minimize like the amount of pain mm-hmm. that they're in. It's so brutal. It's so awful. And you don't know if you want to bring up. You don't know if you want to mention the person that got lost because you, you. I guess like what I think of, I think, do they want me to bring up the person that got lost or are they, are they wanting to take their mind off it for yeah, a second? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, they, and I'm here just to sort of comedy relief or something. Like what's the role you want me to play here? Yeah. To talk about s- sports, yeah, Whatever. do you want to have a moment of like I that I don't have to fill this? Do I talk about if or Adam Twenty Two is a cuck? Or do you for a minute? <laughs> or do you want? That's exactly we've we've struggled this with our, our private lives that somebody very important to us has passed away, and then we don't know how to navigate that loss with our the other people that are important to us. You know, it's like so brutal. Yep. It's so hard. It's hard being a human. Well, that was it. I just wanted to. I I started going down that road. I think on that bonus episode, mm-hmm. and I don't think I ever came back to it because I thought as I was watching, I was like, "How funny is this?" Uh, immediately, an example of exactly what we've been talking about yeah. right in front of our eyes. Yeah. So, anyhow, I think as a, as a culture, though, it, we would do better to get comfortable with people that are in a emotional state, like learn, like working that muscle a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I don't think we do it very well. Definitely not in America. I don't know if other countries do it, but in capitalism, it's uh, it's not valued, right? Well, emotional intelligence isn't valued. Yeah, which is weird because you need emotional intelligence to <laughs> for every for conversations at yes. work, for being a supervisor, for selling cars. I mean, you name yes. it, you need it, and yes. they act like it's a wasted skill, and it's yes. crazy. Or that it's like a. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's just not valued. There's no value to it. And I'm like, and you're absolutely right. It's like this, there's nothing of, that is more important than learning to control your emotion, not control them like in the sense of like stuffing them down. Cause that's, I think that's valued. It's like stoicism is very valued in yes, our culture, yes. but not understanding them and being able to convey them in a coherent way when you're in the middle of a, like an emotional storm. Right. It's terrible because when you get into that storm, it's like, it's hard to make sense. It's hard to, you you know, you're just like drowning in it. You know what I mean? It's hard to collect your thoughts and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's brutal. Anyways. All right. Let's talk about other hard stuff. Anything else? (laughs) No. I don't have any. Okay. What would Josie do? All right. Let's get into it. What's the first one? Okay. Okay. The advice I need... I'm not going to say name. The advice I need is that we have had three miscarriages now. They have been broken up by a child in between each. So we have two children. 
a seven-year-old boy and an 18-month-old girl. This this miscarriage was so bad, I thought I lost her. I was, or it was at 14 weeks, and she had lost so much blood that I found her passed out in a puddle of blood in the bathroom. I had to drive her to the hospital. She had to have blood transfusions, she meaning his wife. She was excited to have another kid, but I don't want to see her have to go through that again. But all she keeps asking is if we, if I want to try again. I want to get a vasectomy. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to lose her. Is that selfish of me? Is is it selfish for him to... Not to want to have any more children. So the question is... Because she wants she to had, They had a miscarriage, then they had a baby, then they had a miscarriage, then they had a baby, then they got pregnant again. And she had a really scary miscarriage where okay. he found her passed out and profusely bleeding. Yeah. And then, um, and then she, he's like, she's ready to try again. And he's like, no, I don't want to try again. I want to go get a vasectomy. Right. That Cause, was cause too he's, traumatic. Because he's afraid of losing his wife. Well, because he thought who, he had lost her on this one. Mother. Yes. Is that selfish? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a I hard mean, one. <laughs> I, it's not what would Isaac do, as it shouldn't be. <laughs> uh, but my hot take, is that selfish? I would do the same thing if, if I was him. I would do the same thing where I'd say... I'm done. I don't I don't want to do this again. This is too scary. Yeah. And I... Th- just freestyling here. Well, this isn't about me. What do you? What would Josie do here? All I got right. My, what I got would Josie do? Here. Number one, I would say talk to your doctor, and see if it's safe to ha- to try it again. But I think the conversation needs to be around the trauma around. That was. I went through something kind of similar with my sister. My sister is an alcoholic, and she fell into a coma. And. Uh, Went into liver failure and blew up like a balloon and turned bright yellow. And we sat by her bedside for 12 months or 12 months for uh, two weeks. And um, it was horrifically traumatizing to all of the people awake. So your wife, even though she was the one that went through it, and I'm sure it was scary for her. She didn't have the same, even though being in that same experience, like you both were in that experience, she had a completely different experience of it. So I think having a conversation around how frightening that was for you mm-hmm. is where the magic is going to happen. Like having a, this is where the negotiation of being married, married is so challenging of like having two people that have different wants, but trying to come up with a compromise together. Mm-hmm. Um, and like in, in that compromise, there is going to be somebody that doesn't get what they want. So painful, high right? St- high stakes though, right? I mean, high stakes, but this is what I feel. Okay. I, that high stake when you are married is not a burden that is, that's felt alone. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have, if you didn't have other children, like not only is that one of that third child 
if there is something bad that happens, not only is that weight going to be felt on your significant other, like your spouse, it will also be felt and dealt with by your children. Ah, put it on the kids. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you get your way. Put it on the kids. Well, no, they'll lose their mother. Right. No, but that's for real. Yeah, that's for real. But this is that's going to be that's that would be a hard thing for them to process. Yes. Everything is risk reward. Is the risk worth the reward? And maybe for somebody it is. Um, but I bet you in that family structure, you're going to have a different opinion from the other people. Like the children are going to be like that sibling, that extra sibling isn't going to be worth the risk of losing my mother. Oh, okay. I've got, I've got an idea of how to approach this. But this is how I feel is like, if, if I wouldn't want you to, to drive a motorcycle because I would be worried about you being catastrophically injured or killed. And then that fully sits like that. Having those big, crazy, um, that responsibility isn't now on the person that has been injured. Now that responsibility sits on the one that is able. Yes. And when you look at it in that way, it takes a little, uh, it takes a little bit of the like, well, God, I really would love to have another child, but I don't know how risky it is. It's hard for me to answer this to be like, no, you shouldn't have another child, but you definitely should be talking to a doctor. But doctors can't tell them. They don't know and they can't tell the future. And this is really where you have to have respect for your, the person you're building your life with. Hmm. I think if you look at it from a systems engineering perspective, okay, perfect. You get input from all the stakeholders and that plays into the decision. So just like you said, you've got, you've got kids, but kids aren't a good one because they they don't really know what's going on. Yeah. They're not going to be, they're not going to be rounded enough or have an adult enough brain to, to weigh out pros and cons of doing this. Uh-huh. Like who all would be affected by the, well, the children would definitely best be and worst case scenario here. You know what I mean? That, that has a, that aren't fucking, you know, kids that, right. you know, so it's like, I don't, if, if I was the husband and I walked in on that, I would be very, very wary of having another child. But I'm a, I'm a person that, I'm not a risk taker. You're a ri- Isaac is a risk taker in our marriage. Mm. I'm I like safety. Yeah. But that's because bad things have happened. I've seen bad things happen. Right. I've lived through bad things happening. And when you, when the illusion of safety is gone in in life, it is very hard to put that genie back in that bottle. Mm-hmm. And you're not wrong. I think like with the, with the motorcycle example, I wanted to get one and you were very adamant and you're not adamant about much that I'd say I want to do against. You're not adamant against much no, of what I say I want you I to have I the life do. you want to have. And you were like, no, we're not doing that. And we didn't fight about it, but it was a thing where I was a little disappointed. I was like, well, I don't know. I want one. Yeah. And I ended up not. And you gave me a good example 
<laughs> that put it in perspective because you had a I don't know if you had a client or a client's friend or something. Some guy rode a bike and he laid it down and 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 uh, what do you call it? Like skidded, mm-hmm. <laughs> skid his dick right off. Like it grinded his dick off. Mm-hmm. So he has no penis. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he was terrible. <laughs> he was on a. It wasn't a client. It was a TikTok I watched, and I oh, saw the video. No, this was years and years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. You told me about this back when I was talking about buying one in 2012. Oh, I don't remember that story. Yeah. But, I mean, I know people that It was a vivid story. Ha- I remember it. <laughs> I know people that that's happened to. I know, or, like, where they've had lost limbs or lost dicks or have... Mm-hmm. I saw a woman on TikTok who she... Her helmet got caught on something and it uh what do you call it decapitated her but it but her skin held oh my god yeah so because i was like i saw i was flipping through tiktok and i saw her in her neck oh they showed it it showed the injury i don't know if it didn't show the the uh it didn't show the accident. Yeah, sure. But her neck looks thick and weird and crazy because they had to go back in. She lived. She made it. She lived. It. Did, wait a minute. So the accident, her like spinal cord separated. Mm-hmm. Holy crap! Yeah. The only thing that kept was the soft tissues. Tax day is coming. Oh no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC. So she had to go in there and they had to reattach all of that, like put a rod in her neck, Ugh. stabilize her neck. Um, they did do, they had to do a lot of stuff, reattach vessels and arteries and all kinds of shit. But it was just the soft tissues that held. That's crazy. It's crazy. So the when you get into a marriage, the consequences aren't felt by singularities like it's not a it's not i did something and now i have a consequence it's i did something and now we have a consequence yeah that's that's it that's how you frame it you know we are dealing with this problem now so i you know to me i'm like sometimes don't test i'm a don't test fate type of person i'm kind of like um you have two beautiful children. What a blessing. And a lot of people don't get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know. Especially if they're know. healthy, you know. like If you have two healthy, good children. Yeah. I, this is, but again, I'm not like a big kid person. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, right. There was a lot of, on, on our debate on whether or not to have kids, that played a role was, Okay, we're getting older. The risks for you know Syndromes. complications and problems yes. goes up, and we're like, do we want to test this? 
And the answer was no. The answer was no. So I get, I am, when the, even like when you go to CrossFit, I get very afraid. There was a, a guy at our CrossFit who had a heart attack, who gave himself a heart attack. He went too hard or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, please don't. You know, yeah, you can injure your neck doing the handstand. Push yeah, ups. yeah. We just had this conversation. Yeah. I was like, don't yeah, do we just hands- had this conversation. L- literally a day ago. Please don't do a handstand push up anymore. I don't want you to land on your neck and fracture your neck or get uh, stress fractures on your neck. That now you can't we can't enjoy our lives anymore. Right. And and this is a this is a great example because I want to do the handstand push ups. I. I worked for a while to try to figure out how to do it, and I finally conquered it, and I made it. I'm like, oh, cool, I can do this. Yeah. So there's this competitive part where, you know, when you're at CrossFit, you want to RX the workout. You're not trying to scale stuff. Like, right. who do you think I am, right? Right. So there is a bit of an ego check for me, but for me, it's worth it because it, you're right. You're absolutely right. What, I'm going to risk breaking my neck and and having all the problems that come with that? To, for what? Right. To impress the people I'm working out with. Like, no one cares, first off. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. But, you know, it's, but it is. If, if you weren't there to tell me, I would be doing it. Because I think, I don't know. But, I, and I've that made would it. Be okay. I can do but it. But that I'm would be it. okay. Because you are the one that is holding the full responsibility of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a different situation when you get into a marriage. It's like, you can't look at marital, you can't decide everything for yourself anymore. Mm-hmm. It now is a group discussion. Mm-hmm. And that's just like one of the pros and cons of being married. So what's the final takeaway? What's the my final, final takeaway? My advice is number one, I am so sorry for all of your losses. I couldn't imagine going through that and how painful all of that was and having uh, the excitement and hope for bringing another person into your life. And then, losing that like painful i couldn't even imagine it so i'm very sorry for you guys' loss um on the other hand i would definitely be talking to a doctor and talking about the risk of what it looks like to try again and for the person that is um really wanting to try some more I think um, you need to not have an agenda and really listen to the pain that was caused by all of the, you have, you have built your life with somebody else. We don't always get what we want to do. We have to have, we have to listen to our significant others and decide on things together. So if I was married to you, I would say, I want to get the, the vasectomy with also, (laughs) That's yeah. what I would want. Yeah. Because the the risk of losing you would be too painful. And there's it's just too big of a loss, especially having other children. Yeah, that would be really do- tough to uh have to do all that by yourself. Yeah, to be s- dealing with the two children, the the loss that they would have had. Mhm. Or brutal. like just a spitball. I mean, I don't know what kind of complications can come come about, but you know, I don't want to be too morbid, but like, you know, maybe long-term disability becomes a, a thing that can happen. I don't know if that can, but so now you've got more problems. I, yeah. I don't know. I'm just throwing I just another don't idea think, out there. 
I, I think that everybody's very, has this understanding of like, oh, birth and, and having babies is a, um, it's natural. So therefore it should be easy. This is just what we're meant, we're meant to do this. And so we should be doing this. And I think with that, you take out the gratitude of having a healthy family so far. Yeah. You've lost the gratitude of being like, oh my God, I'm so grateful to be where I am right this minute to have two healthy children to whatever. Now, is there an angle? Let's, let's play devil's advocate. Is there an angle for the, the, uh, the wife in here? Well, what would she say? If she was here right now, she, she would have an angle. She'd say, well, now wait a minute, guys quit dismissing my opinion. Like what, what would be the angle for her just to play devil's advocate? Cause I would think that like when we're little, we plan our families. Little girls do. How many children do you want to have? What's your husband going to be like? Like that's a big identity for us is like to, and not to mention being a mother is like a huge identity. Mm, okay. Um, so having these ideas around like, well, I've always wanted to have three children or maybe it's, we have two boys and I want a girl oh, or maybe so it's, maybe we have two girls and I want to get, I want to try for a boy. What do you call it? Per, is it personal agenda? Is that what it's called? Maybe well, I there, think that sounds negative. That does sound negative. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say maybe that. Maybe there's some, I don't some think fantasy there. There's fantasy in there. Maybe. The fantasy. Yeah, no, a, it is. That's what it is. Can come about. Well, a want is a fantasy, wouldn't you say? Like yeah. you've you've thought about something for a long time, you've fantasized about this idea for a long time, and it now becomes into it turns into a want, right? Yeah. So I would say that um, you have a lot of like emotions tied into this fantasy, and I'm not trying to take away from that. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't, I'm not, I don't think that that's a bad thing to have fantasies. I don't think that that's a bad thing to want to have a third child, but I'm also not a doctor and I don't know her medical, I don't know any medical stuff. So I wouldn't be able to be like, that's why I'm like, you two need to go into the doctors and talk about what's going on with the miscarriages and figure out what's going on in the future. And look at what the the reality, you know what I mean? What the the risk reward on this one is, mm-hmm. and that can't be. I can't. I can't t- say that. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. I can't say. Oh, you're blowing it out of proportion because that would be her side, right? Mm-hmm. Is I think you're being. I think you're blowing this out of proportion. Yes, we've had a couple of miscarriages. Yes, that last one was very scary, but I made it out okay. And I want to try for this third child. For whatever the reason, and maybe is. she has a false, um, not false. Maybe she has a trust and faith in the medical system, where she's like, "Oh, that's you know, women are fine nowadays. They they know how to handle this. But women aren't in danger anymore." Maybe that's she not the thinks truth. That I don't. That's not the truth, though. I mean, women's mortality goes up significantly when they get pregnant, and and you know, so it could be it like is. a worldview. What I'm saying is, it could be a a viewpoint thing where if for some reason, like, I don't know, maybe she grew up and her, her dad was a doctor and she's convinced that doctors can fix anything. I don't know. Who knows? Sure. Maybe there's some of that going on where she has this blind faith and this trust and maybe he doesn't. Maybe he 
saw a bunch of mistakes happen and thought, man, you know, life's crazy. Anything can happen. Right. Because doctors can't fix everything. Yes. Which well, is that, actually the right attitude. A... <laughs> <laughs> but, Sorry. Yeah. So, but anyway, this is all stuff that communication and, and conversations can sort of pull out and you can get to the bottom of, okay, why does she want this so bad? Why does he want this so bad? Yeah. Or what? Yes. And then talk about your traumas of, I think the truth of the matter is he was traumatized in that. Yeah. That last miscarriage that, and you can't dismiss that. And I think a lot of times, I think a lot of times women dictate the amount of children <laughs> that gets had, don't you think? Uh, probably. I would think that would I think that I the family that planning falls a lot on the women um, in our culture. And so I think that that's not necessarily, that's not very nice and that's not very good. And that you're bringing along another uh, human being, meaning your spouse, into this and that they should have an equal voice in it. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have to figure out how to compromise through this. I don't know. Go, but I think therapy is a really great tool in this one of getting somebody in there to help uh, navigate big emotions and and trying to figure out. T- this is where you learn to hear each other in a very calm way. And you can't have an agenda. You have to listen to understand with each other and not listen to defend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need a therapist for that, and so, and that's a skill that has to get learned. We had to learn that. Uh huh. I was terrible. I was a fucking defender, man. I mean, me and you would sit there and have conversations, and I would literally like just like it was almost like I was like a like a submarine. Like I was just zooming <laughs> what you were listening. I was listening. I didn't have a chance. You didn't have a fucking chance, man. I would just listen to hear. The one fucking step up. The one misstep, man. And I was like, er, got him. <laughs> I got you. Mother. Women know how to fight so much better than men. <laughs> Listen, my fight, my family is Greek. You think you've been in a Greek church? We fight. <laughs> We're good arguers. Uh-huh. So. That's where debating, I think, came from originally. Philosophy schools of Greece. <laughs> There you go. See, it's in my DNA. There you go. I'm 30%. That 30% is strong, though. It's a strong 30%. Uh, yeah, I'm, I I had to really hone the skill of not wanting to be right. <laughs> that was a challenge for me. I really needed to start learning. Of hearing to listen. To Yep. To or listen, listen to, to hear. hear. No, what is it? I don't know. I, oh, okay. I was just. It was a challenge. That one took me a few months to really like get under, get kind of under control. And now I don't even mind a compromise. Do you? No, not at all. Because, well, that's another, the rule of negotiating is that no one's happy if one person gets everything they want. So when you, when you sell a car, if I'm selling the car and I want to get 10 grand for it, I'll mark, I'll put it on sale for 12 grand, expecting some lowballing. Mm-hmm. And if a person comes in and says, 12 grand, uh, would you take $8,000? If I said, sure, 8,000 bucks, here you go, they would in their head think, oh shit, did I just buy I like overpaid. a piece of crap? I overpaid. This guy was in too eager of a hurry. Like yeah. they're actually not happy. They're happier if I show the value of the car by saying, 8,000? It's worth, dude, it's worth way more than that. 
but I can meet you at 10. Then yeah. they would be they would actually be happier and I would be happier. Yes. Because I don't want to give That's it away a great for eight. Point. Yeah. So. Yes. I I don't mind I I don't mind. I don't even enjoy getting everything I want. No, nobody does. I don't like that. I don't think that it feels good. That's why I feel when you get uncomfortable when I start negotiating with people, it's because I know I, it's, uh, I rationalized it. I don't remember where I heard it. It was on something somewhere about the rules of negotiating. But I think that that's why people pleasing is is kind of a deceptive. Like it feels like you're trying to be really nice. Yeah. But you're actually making people fucking crazy around you. <laughs> yes. Because it's. um. I don't know. It's like, for whatever reason, it just doesn't feel good. I don't know what that is. What do you think that is? Why do you think it doesn't feel good to get everything you want? Because it seems like that would be the thing. I like to give, though. I get something out of giving. Yeah. I get something Um, out of seeing you be happy. Yeah, what is that? I don't know. I don't know. It's bizarre, isn't it? But I definitely get something out of it. It feels good. I yeah. love to give you things. Yeah. And I feel like if, if there's a place for me to give you something, I want to give it to you. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that is. So when you're a people pleaser and like, well, I don't know, whatever you want. And I'm like, no, I don't want that. Right. It doesn't feel nice to me. Right. I don't know. Anyways, that's my advice. My advice mm-hmm. is if after you hear this, um, and I, I don't want it to f- sound like uh, dismissive or anything to the woman's wants. Um, but I'm a scaredy cat type of person. And I'm unfortunately with your husband. <laughs> Where I'm <laughs> like, get the vasectomy and like <laughs> call it good at this point. Cause we're also very risk averse with kids. I, that's it. Yes. So, I mean, you're asking people who are already, would be leaning that way anyway. Yeah. Well, I just know the the risk, the risk reward on children. Like I I couldn't even imagine how great the reward is because I was obviously people love it, mm-hmm. right? But the risk is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Well, even the reward looks terrifying. <laughs> I see the look on these parents' faces. I know what they're like when they're around their kids. I know what they're like when they're not around their kids. <laughs> yes. You could tell me all day. Yeah, but still, like, I, I'm going to sure do, I'm going to talk about it under the, <laughs> under the understanding that these people are in absolute smitten with their children. They definitely absolute get a joy out of it. I see the joy love, they get out of it. In love with their children. Yeah. So I'm going to come at it from that perspective of I understand that you have this deep want. Even with that, I would still be afraid. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. This is a good conversation to have with a doctor. And then this is a good conversation to have with a therapist to help navigate a compromise in it. But I lean with your husband on this one. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So do I. Okay. For what it's worth. (laughs) Okay. That was the first one. Okay. Number two. Number two. What else we got? Let me grab it. Something about partner taking a long weekend with the ladies. Yes. 
Is it a woman going out with women friends on the long weekend? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, what would that be like to have? I don't know. So I was like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe it's the guy, plot twist, the guy is going out on long weekend trips with some girls. That'd be terrible. Would you ever, would you be cool with that? Hell no, I wouldn't be cool <laughs> with it. I wouldn't either. That would be a lot of discussions for me to just be totally okay with that happening. I don't think I, I don't think I would come to it. Really? If you wanted to go out, let's say your best friend was a woman. Okay. Would I ever be able to negotiate into being comfortable with you going out with that woman? And the answer is, I don't, I don't think I could. I don't think I could quiet the storm. That'd be, that would be a hard, that would be hard. That'd be difficult. Yeah. I don't think I could do it. I'd have difficulty if you had a male friend you were that close with that you would consider going on a weekend trip with. I'd. I would have a hard time uh-uh. even before long before that happened. Right. Like we're going to have to have some real long conversations here. <laughs> okay. What would Josie say? My wife, <laughs> my wife <laughs> has gone to the beach for the past two Thursdays f- through Sundays. First was a bachelorette weekend, which I understand. Second was a friend's birthday. What beach are we talking about? I, not said. Okay. Um, Okay, was a uh, was a friend's birthday. The friend chose a girls only, and I feel abandoned. I'm getting no calls or texts, no reassurance. I'm a good husband, but I feel this past week has truly weakened our marriage and our trust. The second one, oops, I just hit something. Okay, the second one has me questioning our relationship which I've never done. She chose a second consecutive long weekend away from me, and I don't know what they're doing. I'll probably never know. All I know is what is posted on social media, which is another thing altogether. If you're going to go, don't rub it in my face posting about it on social media. I want to be understanding, but her friends are either single or in a shaky marriage. Oh, damn it, I hit it again. Sorry. Um, It is building resentment on my part, and our anniversary is next week. I feel for once that she should make the grand gestures, but. Oops, I I keep hitting it. What are you hitting over there? I don't know. I keep touching the side of my phone to stabilize it, and it clicks it. Oh, so, I hate that. I do that all the time. Someone keeps clicking it, and I'm like, Damn I always it, I'm take not... I always take photo screenshots on my phone because I'm just trying to hold it, and I accidentally squeeze the buttons, and yes. it takes the photo. I'm, like, uh, I'm so old. It's so nerds. painful being old. Put the button on top again, nerds. <laughs> Why don't and I and the they power button used ba- to be on the top. Now it's on the side. And they should do the power button, or and they should get rid of the single hole at the bottom where you don't have a second jack for the ear. Oh, the, I know. Just the, squeeze the damn fucking auxiliary make, it hole It makes there. me so mad. You could keep all these cameras and all okay, this dumb finish. shit. <laughs> me Give finish. me an auxiliary plug. I hate okay. Apple. I hate them. For once, I feel that she should be making the grand gestures, but I can't make her. Okay. Oh, bro. <laughs> bro, I know your pain here. I know what he's going through. I know this is. I hear every. I, that's he, why I wanted to talk so to you about it. There's so much he's saying in there that he's not saying out loud. Okay, let's. There's so much. Oh man. 
Do you have any questions? Because I asked some questions of him. Um, okay. Do I have questions about it? I mean, I'm curious as to what beach, but that doesn't really pertain. <laughs> Is it Dewey Beach? Okay, <laughs> um, so I asked how long they were married. Okay, yeah, the, good question. <laughs> See, this is why they ask you shit. I don't even read. <laughs> I won't even read emails. I don't. Okay, they've been married uh, eleven years, so that's a pretty significant time kay. frame to be together. Okay. Um. But you're past the seven year itch, bro. You're good. <laughs> you're good. Let's see here. Then I asked if he was okay if I talked about it. Okay. Let's see. So eleven years they've been married. Mm-hmm. How many How many weekend trips has she done in their marriage? N- not many. Sounds like not many. No, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you out get of nowhere. two in a row. Yes. I and mean, they're long. They're not just like short weekends. They're long. So it's Thursday to Sundays. I mean, their age. Okay, so I'm guessing their age has got to be 30s, maybe 40s. I'm guessing That's that. That's what it, he looks like. He doesn't, he doesn't, he looks young, though. If they've been married 11 years, they're at, at least. least 30. Yeah. Yeah. He lo- That's what I'd say. I'd say. And I feel like once you hit your th- late 30s or for- if from our personal experience, late 30s or early 40s, I feel like people start doing that thing where they do long trips. Because I've had these bachelor parties. You've had bachelorette parties. And they're mm-hmm. these Thursday through Sunday things. Yeah. And I think it's because a lot of people, like, it's too exhausting when you get older to do all do all this shit for two days. Yeah. And then fly back home and unpack. It's like, geez, doing all this or... So, so then I asked him, I go, well, what's the self-talk? What's the feeling sound like? <laughs> is it lonely on the weekends without her? Why is she leaving all the time? Could this mean something? Like, what his what is his worry? Also, is this a trend? I was like, is it only been the last two weekends? He said, not a trend. Okay. That's that's the big part is like, what's new? What's going on? Right. Yeah, because it could be just dumb luck. Like, for instance, uh-huh. I've. You and I didn't have bachelor parties, bachelorette parties when no. we got married. Mm-mm. And I've been to, you know, when we were in our young 20s, when mo- when a lot of people get married, right. I attended two different bachelor parties, but they were very local, nothing crazy, just show up to a party and go home. Mm-hmm. Then out of nowhere, in 2021, I went on a bachelor party, long weekend, Thursday to Sunday thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that was fun. That was a good time. Yeah. And then, I mean, just had a dumb luck. Now, this year, I went on one again, mm-hmm. just a year, what, two years later, mm-hmm. and dumb luck. Now, I've got a third guy getting married, and that's a couple months from now. Right. And in the big scheme of things, like, this is three parties over a whole lifetime. Because after this, like, this is probably never going to happen again. Yeah. I mean, it's possible, but probably not. Yeah. Because at this point, everyone's married up already or on their second marriage. Mm-hmm. Like, Because these guys, this is all their first marriage. Yeah, that's why the big celebration. That's why they're doing these big, big, huge weddings, big, huge bachelor parties, right? Mm-hmm. So, because I almost didn't go on the second one because I was like, man, I don't know. Like, that's kind of shitty to go on two of these in one year. Mm-hmm. But, then, but then my boys were like. Bro, like, you're going to miss out on, like, this is never going to happen again. You know that, right? And I'm like, yeah, I know. And, like, these guys are fun. And I, like, you know, I'm starting to, like, sort of vibe with them. So 
I feel like I'm the chick in this scenario because <laughs> that's ba- I'm basically doing yeah, the same thing. Yeah, you go on way more than I do. Because I'm w- I'm with the moms. Like all of the moms are like, I gotta hurry up and get back. I got my kids. Well, so like well, no, even if you I went go, to, you went you done several Park City weekends. Yeah, Park City's like two two days. Yeah, not a four day. Not a four day out of state. That's fair. Oh, that's fair. That is a different thing. I agree. That's a different thing. But okay, so my feelings. Um <sighs> I say you need to I think it's hard being married. I think that when you get married, you lose a big part of who you are. And after a certain amount of time, and at the beginning, it feels good to get lost in that. Like you're building this thing and you're feeling really connected and all of that. And then as the time goes, a little bit of missing being you starts sneaking in mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, I, it's like it's exhausting to care emotionally for as two people forever. Mm-hmm. And you kind of want to start having these things for yourselves again. Hmm. And I think that me and you had one of these experiences where I went out just for the night. Like I just went to dinner and then we went to a club dancing and you got pissed when I came home. And I thought you were going to be fine because it's like that's not wrong. Yeah. Wrong. (laughs) That's not typically. It fucks with you. You start feeling insecure. Yeah. Because you're not going out. Who's asking you to go out, you loser? (laughs) Bro, this is this guy listening. I want you to hear me now. (laughs) I went through the same thing because I, I, I was I going to college at the time? I don't remember. No. I I don't know. This was just a few years ago. This was just a few years ago because you had to put you put the disposal in. You put the while I was out to dinner. You were like, oh, I'll get the the because the disposal went out mm-hmm. in the in the kitchen yeah so you decided oh i'll do i'll do something nice and and try and get some work done while she's out having a good time yeah which made it worse which made it worse i i was people not i wasn't people pleasing that was me genuinely trying to be like nice and be like okay cool i'm gonna swap out that garbage disposal yeah and then i'll just you know chill and watch a movie but and I did the disposal, but it was a total pain in the ass job, and I was cussing and throwing tools and or whatever. I think you'd work that day, so you were tired. Yeah, and I and I still did the disposal, and then I sat down and watched the movie. But then, you know, I'm looking at the clock. It's midnight. It's one. I get in bed. I'm looking at the clock. It's two. <laughs> it's three. It wasn't three. You're oh, liar. you hang out pretty late. <laughs> That's because you listen. You be like a woman that likes to have a good time. <laughs> Yeah. I'm a good time person. But when you have all that time alone and the <laughs> clock's ticking like that and the expectation was you were going to be home around 12 or 1 and it's now 3, you also your brain starts never going into overdrive. vocalized that expectation. Exactly. Because uh, because I probably didn't want to say, I want you home by 1 o'clock, little right. lady. <laughs> right. Because exactly. that sounds like a dick move. Yes. But the reality is that's what I wanted. Right. So either I should have said something or... I should have done something for myself that was fun instead of me just staying in all night and yes. fixing a disposal and being tired and grouchy. And then my mind, on top of that all, I've got a lot of insecurities and anxieties. Mm-hmm. 
and my mind starts going into overdrive. And I, when he, when you were reading me his message, I felt that shit. I was like, I I've been to that place, yeah. bro. Yeah. You start wondering. You're like, the fuck is she doing? It's three o'clock. The goddamn bar closed an hour and a half ago. <laughs> the fuck you doing? And I start picturing. Oh, they're in the parking lot and talking to some fucking funny guys. And oh, you're so funny, huh? Uh, and then you're like, then you start spiraling. Oh, she's well, not answering. I texted her. Nothing. <laughs> she maybe the guy's holding her hand right now, and she's got her hands full. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like her hands are filled with his dick. Filled, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you leave it go till four a.m. That's where it goes yeah. to. <laughs> what we were doing was being drunk in a hotel room that one of the other girls had had uh, gotten with her with one of the friends that she was closer with, mm-hmm. and we were eating M and M's and talking about <laughs> families and shit like that. Uh, I know. So, and, and I feel like such an asshole because you came <laughs> home and I was fucking unloading. I was so excited because we had a really fun you time. You had a great time. You, your batteries were recharged. You weren't feeling good for a while. I don't know, yeah. You were depressed or something. Yeah. And you were like, I finally feel good. And I was fucking unloading. And I felt like <laughs> such an asshole. And sometimes you need those boundary checks. And like that was a wake up call for me in a way where I was like, Jesus Christ, I need to do something different. Like this is yeah. not cool. Like yeah. that was very wrong of me to act that way. And I hear that in his message. So... And I'm not I'm not shaming him. I don't know his situation. Maybe he's got reason to be thinking no, things. No, this I don't is know. the thing. This is why I say said in Men Part Two, for men to pay attention to their attachment styles because we have attachment styles, and it sounds like he has the same attachment style that you and I both have, which is anxious. <laughs> yes. And so, um, yes. when you're an atta- yes. when your attachment style is anxious. When people leave you, it starts the whole spiral. And it starts out like you want to be real cool. And you're like, no, that's fine. I want you to enjoy it. And then you just start fucking spiraling, man. Yeah, and, yours, and that garbage thought, disposal for me just accelerated the spiral. I think also this being sleepy. Yeah. You were too tired to do that disposal. Yeah. And... um I think being sleepy kind of like wore that thin. Mm-hmm. So, I my advice. What's my advice here? Well, that anxious attachment means you need more. I don't know if that's the right term. I mean, I'm not a therapist. What is your therapist? Right because you talk to your therapist about your anxious attachment style. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but the anxious person wants validation. Yeah. I'm not saying that's the right answer for this. Maybe she... And this is, again, conversations, therapists, all that shit. It's almost like, in in one scenario, if he's got the anxious attachment, all she needs to do is to check in with him every 20, 30 minutes. Hey, I'm over here. 30 minutes? I don't know. 20, 30 minutes? Okay, hour. Every hour. No, that's crazy. Once a day. (laughs) No, if she's going, oh, okay, on a four-day weekend, yes. Yes. I I was picturing the... The scenario of you going out to that to the club or whatever. Even if I go to a club, I'm not checking in with you. For every I know, 30 and minutes. I don't do that with you. I don't. I I'm don't not checking in with you every word. 20 minutes. Look, lady, You'll I'm saying it. if someone's got an anxious attachment, what they would want mm-hmm. is continual affirmation. Continual that's exhausting validation. for the other person. Yes, that's where I was going with it. Oh, okay. You know, you gotta let me finish now. I'm sorry. That's why I said like you got to talk to a therapist because like the anxious person wants that. Mm-hmm. So the other person has the decision. Do you cater to that? 
But then it's going to turn into every 15 minutes. I promise you that the other person does not want that. And they're... (laughs) And then they're going to resent you. And you don't want yes. them to resent you. Right. So that's not the answer is what I'm saying. Right. Right. So you have to find a way to find the confidence and the security through, I don't know, conversations. I got really great tools. Okay. Okay. You got to find the tools to help calm your um, attachment style. Look up the attachment styles and see if that one fits for you. I don't know. I'm just going off of what it sounds like to me. It sounds like you have the same attachment style that... Isaac and I have, which is that one. There's, I think there's four different ones. Isn't there four different attachment styles? Or there's is it anxious three? and avoidant is the ones I know of. I think there's a couple other ones though. Um, I can't remember. I, I'm not a therapist. So look them up, find the one that feels right. And then understand that knowing that about yourself is what helps you figuring out what tools you need to focus on. Um, so when your significant other, I think one of the tools that would be really good when you're in a marriage and it's, you're getting the itch a little bit where you're like, I need to feel like me again. I can't feel like us. And that one of the tools that really helped me was this book called, it was by Esther Perel. She wrote a book called mating in captivity mm-hmm. and her take on this which was so amazing was basically in the beginning of a relationship, there's a lot of butterflies and excitement in that relationship. But what the actual causes of that excitement in those butterflies is unknowing. So you have a lot of like, I like this person a lot. I hope they like me. I feel really scared and nervous that they don't like me as I as much as I like you, and then they validate it, and it feels good, and then it's just all of that. But then, as you go through your marriage, and that stops, you start. What feels really good in a marriage is, um, uh, oh God, my brain. What feels really good in a marriage is structure. Is knowing what that person is going to do like those things makes your marriage really strong like being a predictable person in a marriage makes your marriage really strong it also makes your marriage super boring because now you've lost all of the triggers that give you anxiety the anxiety is what gives you the excitement and the butterflies so how do you manufacture butterflies but in a secure way so that you don't destroy your marriage because if you go like full force into the butterflies like those are the ones that have really traumatic marriages where they're like fighting but then they like fuck really like they come back together and like fuck really great or whatever Mm -hmm. it's like that's not good for your marriage either it's like you're feeling it's you're gonna breed insecurity that insecurity is just like not gonna be good but the, the book has a lot of really good tools of recognizing, okay, we have got to figure out a way to keep the passion in our marriage and embracing the places of um, embracing a certain safe amount of insecurity to keep the passion feeling good. Mm-hmm. So instead of when she's like feeling a little bit like, 
uh, itchy in her skin. Like, I got to get the fuck. I need to have a little bit of space for myself. And instead of that being like so scary to you. Oh, God, I wish I could remember this other thing. There's what is that called when you're a child and you start individualizing from your from your parents? Individuation. The individuation is when you start look, you start going away safely from your parents, but then you look back and you know that your parent is still there, mm-hmm. and and it makes you feel safe enough to leave. Mm-hmm. To leave the nest. Yes. So you're looking for a way of individ. What is the word? Individuating. Individuating from your partner in a safe way. Okay. So. The tools that I used was this weekend is actually going to be really good for your guys' marriage. As scary as that fucking is Mm -hmm. and as traumatizing as it was, it's actually good for you to have a little bit of separation and that and that uh, insecurity that you're feeling is actually as bad as it feels. It actually is really good, too, because when she comes back. It's going to feel really good. You're going to be pissed at her. Mm-hmm. That's the problem is that you got to l- work on being pissed at her at the end of it. You got to work on um, in a perfect world. Do a little alchemy here and convert those feelings of being pissed into feelings of joy when you see her. Yes. And let her feel that instead of anger. Because that's what the anger is from. It's from like you love I'm her scared. so much. You're like, I hate being without you. And I'm scared. Yeah. And I don't want to lose you. But yes. this is the problem yes. of like when you hold on to a marriage too tightly, that grip will kill it. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to have this perfect amount of letting somebody go, but then being able to see you and long to come back. You know what I mean? Yes. So that's your trick. Your trick is when she wants to go and when she, I wouldn't, all of those really bad feelings that you felt and all those scary thoughts that you were having was your attachment style and was your anxiety and was your um, insecurities. That's what was going on there. Hopefully people do have affairs and people have that. That's not, that's not uncommon. That's a very common thing. So the trick is to not allow your partner to get to that point of feeling so confined in this marriage that they start acting out. So you got to take the air out of the affair of being like, okay, what happens if she has an affair? Like me and you have had this conversation mm-hmm. in therapy with people, um, with professionals where we're like, what is the worst case scenario? And the worst case scenario is you have an affair on me and you hurt me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does me being afraid and awful to you make that fear not happen? And I would say, no, you push them closer to your fear. Because when people start feeling too confined in a relationship, that's when I think the acting out starts happening. Either feeling unloved and unwanted or too confined. 
So let me see if I can sum this up. You're saying that may okay. Let me. We'll just be very specific here. Maybe she, and I, and I still suspect maybe this is just really bad timing. Like I agree. In the sense that that's what I think it this is. This isn't a recurring thing, and maybe no. it's just dumb luck. It's like the luck of me going to two bachelor parties in one summer. Like it, that's right. insane. Yes. And maybe this is just dumb luck. So, but let's just say. Part and and so maybe that's dumb luck, but also maybe part of her is like you know, it does feel nice to sort of get away and be myself for a weekend mm-hmm. in a safe way or whatever. Right. And may so maybe there's an element of her sort of recharging her batteries doing that. Yes. And and let's say let's the, maybe say. The marriage is too confining to her. Let's let's do a little devil advocate. Yeah, that's where I was going is maybe this is like something she needs. Yes. And this is actually making you safer. Because this is giving her that outlet, outlet. for the weekend. And, and hell, maybe she doesn't do this again for another five years. So when you're... a, f- This is how I deal with my anxiety and my attachment style. The only thing that makes me feel safe because that voice is so loud within myself... That honestly, there isn't much that Isaac could do to make me feel safe. Except for do exactly, you know, do right. everything. Same, yeah. And, and never leave my side. That would be the yeah. only thing that makes me feel super safe. Here's the fucking, the, the suck about that though. Is that when my attachment style is content, my boredom is fucking skyrocketed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I'm like, we live in a, we have a boring fucking marriage. Uh huh. So you can't do everything. You can't have a spicy, fun marriage and feel totally, completely safe. Which is what that Esther Perel book basically says. Yes. Read the book, it is phenomenal. It's finding a place to be comfort in the discomfort. Finding and understanding that that discomfort is actually causing an insecurity. But if you've picked a good partner, or not even a good partner, as long as you and your partner are on the same page, Mm -hmm. then it's a safe way of experiencing an insecurity that that you're not going to get hurt. If you and your partner are in a place where the conversations haven't happened or there's been a lull in the marriage or there's a conflict and and maybe something happened, I suggest that that doesn't have to be the end of your marriage. That That's the end of the marriage that was before. And now you have the ability to rebuild a new marriage. Mm -hmm. And that's okay because that old marriage didn't really work for either one of you at that point. Mm -hmm. And that's a place of finding security in the insecure also. So when I'm like, okay, Isaac's going to go on these trips with a bunch of men. And they get... They do wild shit and they are funny and they're fun. And hopefully, you know, everybody's like securing their marriages where they're not going to act out. But I don't know that. I don't know their marriages well enough. And I don't know these men at all. And so could they want to go there and, and 
get hookers or hmm. uh, cross the lines. Absolutely. That is the, that's the truth of the matter. But mm-hmm. I have to look at who I'm married to and say, does that fit for the person that I'm married to? Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm like, man, Isaac's a real monogamous type of person. Yeah. And it would surprise me if Isaac had an affair. Mm-hmm. That would be very surprising to me. Mm-hmm. But is that unheard of? No. Right. That's not unheard of. So I have to do my self work to make sure that I'm a soft place to land so that I don't make the situation worth by worse by blowing up if Isaac comes to me and he says okay I fucked up and we were at a strip club and I came in my pants I don't know whatever and, and Brandon played with my penis all right <laughs> I mean it just happened <laughs> right <laughs> what, what, a, a friend plays with your penis whatever okay so if I blow the fuck up and I'm like that's it. We're getting a fucking divorce. Mm-hmm. If Isaac knew that that was the way that I was going to react to that information, Isaac's going to do everything in his power to lie to me to keep himself safe. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So I need to know that I got to really work on the way that I show up in my marriage so that if Isaac comes to me and says, Hey, I made a mistake. I'm going to be like, okay, that fucking hurts real bad. But now we're going to go into therapy and we're going to really talk about the the what happened at the level that I need to talk to it at about it in a place that's safe. That's I've got a therapist that's going to help me through my emotions of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to decide how bad was this situation? How much deceit was going on? How long was this going on? Is there a place to rebuild? Mm-hmm. And honestly, the... <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna sound fucked up. Honestly, like if if the if one I'm just gonna I don't want to put specifics on. If one person is having the affair, and then that comes to light, well, all the pressure's on that asshole, right? <laughs> like if anything, like you, what do you got to worry about? Like you got the upper hand. <laughs> They're the ones that got to deal with all the fucking shame and guilt and shit, and they no, got to be the shame. ones to sort of make it up to you. And there's the shame. There's shame and guilt. On the the person that got cheated on. Yeah, I know. I've I've had to unpack being cheated on for many many years. Yeah, so there's it's like awful. still shame. It's actually worse that way. Yeah, there's still shame that's there. So, this is why I think it is so important to work on your marriage before it gets to these points. Don't get to the point of ready to to dissolve the marriage before you start going into therapy. Because you're undoing 10, 15, 20 years of trauma and pain. And if you think that you're going to go into hour, hour and a half therapy sessions three times and have that solved. Oh, yeah, because we've seen it happen. Bad. People do this. They they think they go a couple times and that's all you got to do. Nope. Not going to fucking happen. Not even close. Not going to fucking happen. So... Give her the benefit of the doubt. Lean into the discomfort. Maybe you and her can um, do like some, it's like right next to your uh, 
anniversary. So I think a really fun thing that could happen is like do some like marriage enrichment of like co-reading a book together or go into a therapy session together and focus on communication and focusing on uh, reconnecting and, and saying in, in a connective way will be the gift that keeps on giving. But don't don't start spiraling. Do they have kids? No. Here's what, okay, so that's good advice first off. What I would do because let's let's think about it if if and of course what the hell do we know? We're not experts. If I I feel like there's this sort of this is a fluke sort of thing. I think that's what it's it just is. Just bad timing thing. Mhm. And then maybe there's also some she gets out of it where she does get this sort of like, you know, safe individuality thing where she can be like, oh, I get to sort of be with my girls again for, you know, one weekend every five years. Mm -hmm. And that feels good. It refills my cup and now I can kind of come back to married life type of thing. Yeah. Maybe that's going on. And um, as for him, if he doesn't, they don't have kids, maybe he should find a way to sort of do that for himself to fill his cup because we we've gone down this path this yeah. exact path that they're on right here yes where because it, it didn't it didn't used to be that one of us would be gone for three or four days like no that this is a new thing mm -hmm. but it eased into that over time where okay she's gonna go out with the girls one night and then then i get to go out with the boys one night and then now and they used to feel weird on both ends. It used to be feel weird to stay home, and then it used to feel weird to leave you for a night. Mm -hmm. But now I feel like we've done it enough that it's like, okay, we kind of get it. It's fun. Yeah. And now I can enjoy it, and you can enjoy it. Mm -hmm. But I didn't... So back with the garbage disposal night, that was before we found a way to both sort of find a way to do this comfortably. Mm -hmm. And on garbage disposal night, I should have just went out with my boys and had a great time. And then, then it would have clicked and registered like, oh... Well, the next time she goes out with her friends, I'm going to go out with my friends. Mm -hmm. And then I have fun. She has fun. And we did, come back together. Because that's what I asked. I was like, okay. are you hanging out with friends? Because you need to be out with your friends. Yeah. You need to find your yeah. family and you need to find your friends. And that's where you need to you be. You got to find something fun to do. So like. Yes. Not in a way. And he did. He, good. That was the thing okay. he did. So good. he's got that under. He's got that. That's a locked. good tool. Yeah. That is a perfect tool. Yeah, uh, that's the now way it's to deal like, with it. Because now it's like. Um, you. Uh, like you're gonna go out. Okay, perfect example, right? You're going to the bachelorette party. Yeah. Here soon, mm -hmm. and you're gonna be gone for three or four days or whatever it is. Yeah. Four days. And instead of me staying at home and and starting to stew over it, mm -hmm. I in the back of my mind I'm like, oh yeah, and then I get to go in August. Like this is fun, little tit for tat. Like. And here's the other thing. Um, I think I'm gonna say the quiet part out loud. I think a lot of people don't admit to this, but it's really nice to have people flirt with you. Yeah. It's hard to be in a long-term marriage. I think me and you have struggled with, um, like going, getting older and putting weight on and feeling insecure in our own bodies. And we forget what that it, people find us attractive. Mm -hmm. And so it's really fucking nice to have somebody come over and try and hit on you. It feels really good. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that's a negative thing. 
No, I don't think so. I think a lot of people. I think there's boundaries you got to set up, and there's lines that can be crossed there. Absolutely, but, but like that's life. Yeah. And another thing is, is like for me, this has been a harder thing for you, because like for me, I'm always like, well, I don't want to be with somebody that nobody else wants to fuck. I right. want to be with a. I want to be with somebody that is attractive and is goal oriented and is like a mature rounded person and if i see that in you other people see that in you here's the here's where the problems lie in the sexes though because for me women don't just come up and flirt with me if i go to the bar it's Mm -hmm. not happening right okay it has to be circles of and this doesn't even really happen in my personal life but it's probably because they know I'm married, maybe. I would, I would offer up. Mm-hmm. It would have to be people in my circle at work or at the gym that probably maybe find me attractive because they see and they me don't enough know and they're me. like, they're like, oh, he's that guy's funny or, oh, he's cute. Yeah. Like, like, I think that's where those kinds of things would happen where a girl would, not that this has happened, but if a girl did come up to me and start flirting with me, it'd be, be on a more sort of threatening basis. They, okay, so like, I read your comments, stupid. <laughs> And I see the comments on there that they're like talking about how handsome you are and all of that and how lovely you are. And I don't come unglued on any of those. Right. I like, I'm like, he is handsome. Mm -hmm. He is lovely. I'm glad you see that. I think you see that. Another little feather in my hat. That's the same as the circle of friends thing because it's those People say that because I've had gay men hit on me too, babe. I know. Right? I know. No, I've kidding. seen it. I'm just kidding. But like the reason they do that is because they've heard me podcast for enough and they kind of know my personality and, you know, it's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But if I go to a bar with my guy friends, women are not coming up to us and flirting with us. Not happening. Mm-hmm. Whereas a girl goes out to the bar with her friends, guys do come up to them and flirt with them. Yes. So it's like two different scenarios there. Um, yeah. So when you say what's fun is girls go out and it's fun to be hit on. Mm-hmm. So and that's what I'm trying to get at with this guy. If if, if this pertains to him, I have no idea. I, yeah, this if is your this woman, is us now working out our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> if your woman is going out with her friends and maybe she is getting hit on. Yeah. That very well could be happening. And maybe it is making her feel good. Yeah. Like that might be happening. But like you got to find solace. Because it, as a guy, it feels bad because you're like, well, this isn't very fucking fair. Girls don't fucking hit on me. I mean, <laughs> I happen to because I, I have this podcast thing or whatever, right? I have okay. the comments thing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I stopped reading a long time ago, by the way. Yeah. Because like, I don't want that drama. Plus, some comments are negative and they get in my head. Like, I just, oh, comments stopped, aren't really worth I it. I felt like you stopped reading them because they hurt your feelings, not because yeah, of well, the women flirting with you. Everything. I don't want to know any of it. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. So I like that the I like that people find you attractive. I do too. It That's feels my good. point. My it point is good. my point is is I don't want to be with a fucking schlub. Right, but who's this guy like might not, not have, but a good looking guy sure. who nobody else wants to fuck. But I've like I don't want to be with that person. But I've got like a big audience, right? And like maybe this guy doesn't have a podcast and a big audience of oh, women to, flirting to, with to him. To get that back. Yeah, like he like he might be feeling left out of this. Oh, I, I, I know the feeling because I was there garbage disposal night. 
Oh, must be fucking nice. Like, guys are hitting on you, making you feel real good. I'm at home. The fucking dogs are staring at me. Cool. (laughs) Great time for you. Because as a guy, we don't get that. We don't get a place where girls flirt with us. It doesn't happen. That's why we go to the strip club. I was going to say, you go to the strip club. And the strip club, and and people shit on the strip club. It's the safe place for men to do this because it's a transactional thing. These women aren't trying to date you. You're not trying to date them. Well, some men are trying to date sure. them. Sure. But like to fuck them. You but. spend some money and they and they act like they're interested in and flirt with you or whatever. Yeah, it's lovely. Big deal. Yeah, exactly. That's why I that's, that's why exactly the strip why club I, is needed because there is no version of that. Women can go women, do it to the or club. For men. Yes. Yeah, I that's why I don't say shit about the fucking strip club. I know you don't. It's I'm because just I'm like generalities here. this is why I do understand that. I think that you need to feel attractive. You need to have and the only way to do that, unfortunately, is for other people to make you, like, give you attention. So I'm excited for you. I'm like, oh, good. That's going to feel really nice for yeah. him. I I think you should read the comments. I don't have a fucking problem with the comments. I, I don't. Uh, you have nothing to do with the comments. I like that. I, I'm like, yeah, he is cute. Yes, he does look sexy. Yes, he is smart. He's a lovely person. So I'm like, that. those are I love you to get compliments and feel good in your okay, skin. I need you to put some comments on Josie's <laughs> feed about how hot she is. <laughs> Don't. So that shut I the can. Fuck <laughs> <up>. <laughs> shut up. Shut Why up. Be like, see? <laughs> but those, that's what I'm saying is like, then I go out in, pl- in public and men at- approach me. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is fun. And I want right. to, I don't, I'm not trying to take all the fucking space. Like, I'm not right. being like, oh, yeah, well, I can have men flirt with me because I know I'm not going to fuck them and not give that space back to you. Right. And I, and we weren't always there either. That no. was something we worked on. We had to and work on And where we're this. at now is, but like, like, guys can flirt with you at the club. I, I just, I don't want to know about it. Like, I can know it exists. Like, I don't. Right. I don't want to hear the story, the specifics. I don't want to see it. Like, it's too right. much for me. That hurts too much. I can't. I can know that it's happening, and that's good enough. Fine. I don't care. Th- yeah. It doesn't bother me. Abstract. I don't want to hear fucking details. I don't come home with details, you, you don't. Weirdo. You absolutely don't. <laughs> but, like, the one night you were hanging out with the girls, and I, I had to... Um, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> we were Go in ahead. Las Vegas, remember? We were in oh, Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. were hanging out with the girls, and... It, and by a weird circumstances, I end up having to be in Vegas that night. Mm-hmm. And you were like, oh, come out and meet us or whatever. And I'm like, no, you go on a girl's night. I don't want nothing to do with that. And and I don't know. Something and happened. I ended up showing lovely. up it, at the, the bar. The thing is, is that me and you can be in a couple together in a with a gr- another group of women because you do manage yourself well. Like you can talk to other women mm-hmm. very comfortably. And if I'm off by myself, you're not like. You know, like some husbands are, they completely hold on to their wives. Like they're, they're their social um, anchor. Right. And, but then their, their wife is so busy managing, like keeping their husband feeling comfortable that they're not fucking fun to be around. But you're not like that. Like I can leave you Mm -hmm. and you can sit there with a group of women and have a conversation. The women are more fun to talk to than the men. I know. They have more to say than the men. It's, we're, we're. Uh, I'm sorry, we're better. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I have more fun with guys, though. I love women. But if it's a conversation, women are easier to talk to than men. Yes. Yes. Unless it's sports, which that's where I'm fucked. I don't do sports, so I don't know what to talk about. (laughs) But anyway, so, okay, so you're So So I showed up to the bar, 
Because I was like, okay, I'll just I'll hang out for a minute or whatever. But all the girlfriends were, because most of the times the girlfriends would be like, do not invite your fucking husband. Mm-hmm. But not with you. All of the ladies oh, yeah. are like, call Isaac. He can come meet us. Yeah. Because you're this lovely. Was very nice. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. And I showed up and like your girls were doing your girls thing, doing girl dances. And some guys are flirting with some of the girls. And I'm friends with all the husbands. So like, you know. I was being cool. I was like, whatever, man. Like, it's, it's not harmless shit. This is, this is we've all already, harmless. We've already crossed this bridge a long time ago. Yeah. We're totally fine. This fills everyone's cup in a safe way. Mm-hmm. Whatever. And then there was a guy that was flirting with you. Uh-huh. And he kept talking to you. And he kept talking to you. <laughs> and it started to get under my skin. And I was starting to fucking lose my cool. Because I was drunk to yeah. begin with. I was fucking <laughs> wasted. And I was starting to fucking lose my cool. And I, I was like, I got to get the fuck out of here. I know. And I had to leave. Like that so again, like that's just another example of but the other I can thing, know this exists. Yes. I, I can't be there. It, it's too much for me. I, I, that. I am still a very sort of jealous, possessive, protective guy on some level. Like that's in there. Totally. Um I, don't, I, love, it's just, I it's like that part about right? you too. But it's like when it's supposed to be, right? Like at that time I you weren't even supposed to be there. So you exactly. were Exactly. That's why I didn't hold anything against you. And that's you, why I didn't whatever. leave with you. Right. Is when because I'm yeah, like because that would be a whole scene. I don't yes, want that. Yes, exactly. I can't be like, oh, my husband's mad. I gotta leave. The guy I, talked. To I me. went out into the casino for I don't know a half hour and cooled down, and then I think I came back in and was like, okay, I gotta roll. Went yeah. back to the room. Grabbed a pizza. Grabbed a pizza. Grabbed my dick. <laughs> <laughs> and off we go. <laughs> but that's what I, I think. It's like finding that comfort. This is my advice to all married people or people in long-term relationships is like really nurture your relationship so that you guys can have uh, deep conversations in a healthy way that doesn't unravel into this big, crazy, explosive argument and then learn to lean into the discomfort of the insecurity in a safe way because that's where the passion lies. Ha- letting me knowing that somebody wants to fuck you is like that's fun for me. I like it. Mm-hmm. I am like, yes. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's lovely. I you don't enjoy that quite as much. No, that's not your no, fucking thing. No. So unfortunate. I, but that's I, unfortunate. I get where it's coming from. I want you to be hot and attractive. I don't want right. you to be gross looking and nobody want to fuck you. Right. I just don't want to know about it. <laughs> right. Don't give me the specifics. But it's good. Like those anxieties is where the butterflies lie. That's true. Yeah. It's where it lies. You have to fucking embrace that a little bit. Otherwise, you're going to feel so safe and secure. You're going to be so safe in your marriage. That you are going to want to get out of it. Remember Patrice O'Neill did a skit about this? No. About, like, don't, you, come on, guys. You don't want to get your girl all frumped up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he talked about the fish, about how. <laughs> Fighting to be in your boat. Yeah. There's a joke about the fish. How I got to, I got to show you I can catch fish so you act right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you guys got to Google it. You'll, you'll see it. It's, called, it's from Elephant in the Room, I think, is the name of the special. It's a great special. Oh, so great. That's sad he died. Terrible. Anywho. He's one of the best. So that's what I'm saying. Check into your anxiety or find out what your attachment style is. Look into individuation and what that means. And then read the book um, by Esther Perel. It's the book. Of, the name of the book is called Mating in Captivity. All of these things will help quiet the storm 
um, while you guys have a little bit of separation and actually enjoy that separation a little bit. Yeah, because you d- let, let me clarify the separation thing. When when she goes out with the girls for the weekend and you're like, I'm going to go hang out with the boys. Try not to let it get into a spiteful arena of yes. like shitty. Like yeah. if she texts you and says, oh my God, hey, can you go upstairs? I forgot to turn off the curling or whatever. I don't fucking know. And you're out with the boys. You no, fuck you. I'm out with the guys now. Like you can't yeah, have exactly. that attitude. It's got to be more of a fight. Whatever fill in your cup. You want to yes. go check out the CrossFit gym, hang out there or something. I don't know. Find something that's gonna fill your cup and make you feel. You want to show it like it's like a, the tagline I used to do that I got from you. Be your best for those who deserve your best. Yeah. How are you gonna show up to be your best for your wife? Oh, that was the other thing I wanted to say. Uh-huh. I. Another part of my anxiety of you leaving, I have worked through it so much where I have like, okay, I actually put myself in the scenario of, okay, now Isaac has had the affair in my head, right? He's had an affair. Uh, what do I, what, what's the next steps? Okay, well, I would go to therapy and I try to figure it out and find out how bad whatever it was. And then I try and think, I'm like, okay, is it, how likely is this? of this person. And I'm like, not very likely. Like it could happen, but it's not that likely. So I try to give him grace for that. But then the other thing I'm like, okay, well, what could I do to mitigate this, this risk, right? Of Isaac having an affair on me, me being, um, frightened and trying to shorten the leash on Isaac. Is that going to make him feel so good that he's going to, that's going to keep him feel nice and safe. Me feeling safe might make me feel safe, but that's going to make Isaac feel worse. And my whole trick is, is like, how do I make this man not want to cheat? And I try to think, okay, I got to make this marriage so fucking sweet that the fear of losing this marriage is greater than the want to fuck a new person. Mm -hmm. That's where I am. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to give you some wiggle room to fill, like to have some individual. What do you say? How do you say that word again? Individuation. Individuation. I'm going to calm myself and not be, Extra when you tell me hard things mm-hmm. so that we can have really deep, meaningful conversations. And I'm going to nurture you as a person. And that's how I make it so sweet. And that's the only thing I can do. There's, I, I don't know what else I could possibly do besides make you fucking miserable and make me fucking miserable. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why would you? I don't want to do that. I want to build a life with you. I don't want to like control you mm-hmm. into making me feel safe. Because that's all the control is. When you're trying to control somebody, it's it's to make it's to quiet your storm. Mm-hmm. Got to let go a little bit. You got to let go. Hold on loosely. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I hope that that feels good to you. I hope your lovely lady had a beautiful weekend. I hope that it when's filled. Th- when's this weekend happening? Did it happen already? It's happening right this minute. Oh, okay. Um. So I already I gave him I guess I'll, I guess I'll tell you the advice I gave him for right this minute was um, where am I oops oh god I keep fucking putting it into vanish mode how do you get it off of vanish I don't mode? know it always does that to me too what the fuck 
Is it because you're cheating on me? Yeah, why? Are you trying to vanish the texts? How, how do you get it off vanish mode? I think you swipe up from the bottom. Well, that just, that just turned it off. Oh, there, I flipped it you off. Got it? Okay, yeah, sorry. Thank you. What the fuck? That's so annoying. Yeah, that's a that's some cheating wear. I guess. Why the fuck else would you need it on vanish mode? And I don't know what happens when you do it on vanish mode. You send the message and then it deletes it? That's what I think. I think it starts deleting shit. I don't even know. I just know sometimes I've accidentally activated. I'm like, God damn it. How do I turn this off? <laughs> I know. It drives, it drives me crazy. You should see my messages on my phone. I have most of my phone's like memory or whatever is all of my messages from the last six years. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Keeping tabs on everybody. I like to keep receipts. Mm-hmm. Never know when you need them. You never know. Okay, so. Back to what my advice was to him. And I'm going to read this out loud because I think it was good advice. And I think other people are in this exact situation. So, okay, I said, enjoy your weekend with your friends and family. Um, Every single marriage goes through these hookups. And this is why I'm going to talk about this part. So, when the thoughts that come stoke negative emotions, Uh, negative emotions, reactions, use healthy, thoughtful ways to soothe yourself. Do not make yourself sick, miserable, drunk. Like, don't be like, oh, she's going out. I'm going to drink myself this whole fucking weekend or I'm going to be miserable this whole weekend. None of that stuff. Those are unhealthy ways of soothing and you're going to be worse off at the end of it, not better. So use the time wisely. When Isaac goes out of town, I will call my sister and I love to spend time with my fa- my sister and I don't get to spend as much time with my family mm-hmm. um, because I'm occupied in our marriage. And so I get to, it's kind of fun for me because I'm like, no, I get to like do facials and go get pedicures and like do fun things with the people that I don't get to spend as much time with. So I think that those are more healthy ways of, uh, taking your attention away from the oh I hope they're not cheating Mm -hmm. right because we all feel that Um, redirecting your attention will save you this weekend send a text about how much you miss her that's the thing is like keep in contact don't be fucking annoying throw text messages out tell them how much you love them and then maybe tell them something sexy that you think about them because they're getting attention from other people So it's nice to just be like, hey, I had this really fun thought about you of how sexy you are, whatever this fun thing is. Throw your hat in the ring a little bit or what? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Because it's just nice. I think it's nice. I think when you get married, we've been married 23 years or been together 23 years. And I think it's not your strongest suit to compliment me or to do any of that stuff. I think you think, well, we've been together 23 years. I think you know how much I love you. And the problem is, is I'm in, I'm an insecure person and I like to be told how much you love me and how attractive it's I am to you. It's confusing because you seem so confident. No, I'm insecure as fuck. <laughs> no, I'm a human being. I mean, of course you are. But I was just saying, most people that meet you would say you're really confident. Yeah, I'm both things though, right? I can be pretty confident, but then also have these things where I'm like, I still need to be told I'm pretty. Of course. And that you want to fuck me course like those so the i think as men that's a that's something that you got to remember to do in your marriage and even women men need to feel this too 
of mm-hmm. like being like always lean, going back to each other and leaning back on each other of being like, Hey, I, you know, we've been together 23 years, baby. And I want you today as much as I wanted you that first week. Mm-hmm. Like that's feels nice to hear. Yeah. And I think that that's important to do to each other all the time forever. That's a forever thing. Turn that, turn those, g- those thoughts of doubt and questioning into positive comments. Yeah. That's, That's what, what our, my one therapist said, because I have automatic negative thoughts in my head. Uh-huh. He says, you turn those ants into pats, positive affirming thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? Turn your ants no. into pats. <laughs> no, I like that, though. That's what so give, a, give me an example of a pat. Uh, so, the, okay, so the so automatic give, negative me- thought would be, Oh, she's out having an affair because I'm a fat asshole. Okay. And then you turn the pot, you and you—that's a bad thought to have. You will spiral on that. Yes. And then you turn it into a positive affirming thought, and you say, "You know what? I—I I look really good for my age, and uh, I dress really nice. I don't know. I'm trying to—I'm not good at it, as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> you want to turn it into something positive about yourself? Like you can't beat yourself up all the time. No, you gotta find your positives because I know I don't have six pack abs. Like that's impossible for me. Well, not impossible, but I don't want the cost. I, I don't. I don't, don't want to pay the cost of it. My <laughs> genetics is just not that gifted. Yeah, but I think, and I'm not that tall. But I think, man, I got great hair. Look at this hair. <laughs> and I'm pretty witty and funny sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like those are good things. I love that. So you gotta you gotta find a way to flip them. Yes. Yes, I think that the idea of thinking that you're never going to have a negative thought again is fucking fantasy. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that. Mm-hmm. If you think that that's the truth, that is not the truth. You're always going to feel insecure. Um, the trick is to just take the steam out of it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, okay, that's yeah. it. Well, that was great. Those are two great questions. So. I, know. I thought they were wonderful. Oh, thanks for sharing those with us, everyone. Yes. All right, anything else nope. before we wrap it up? It's hot, hotter than hell. I'm turning the air conditioning on. Okay. It's got to happen. Okay. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know where to go. You want the you want the bonus content? You want the ad free? You know where to go. Patreon.com slash Breaking Social Norms. Or if you want to go real easy, Apple Premium. Yes. Boom. You're in. <laughs> All right. Follow Josie on her Instagram at the Wise Hops 2. Subscribe to the show and uh, leave a uh, five star. Have you been checking your five star reviews? Yeah. <laughs> I read, well, it's hard not to read the bad ones. Oh, did you read a bad one? Yeah. They're not wrong. Okay. The things that they were like, this is fucking annoying. What's annoying? I don't remember. Me. <laughs> it's me. They, they all love you. It's they, me. They, they, find this, <laughs> they find this show because they love you. And then they come onto the show and then they realize like, um, that this format is totally different than your format. And so then they come on here, and the big difference is me. I'm the... Well, the whole thing is entirely different. Yeah. You're on here, and it's completely not structured the same way as the other show. Yeah. Because one thing I learned early on with my other show, I'll give myself a positive affirming thought right now. Okay. On All my right. other podcast, <laughs> early on, I knew I didn't like listening to other podcasts because they fill it full of dumb shit. Oh, okay. Like last, what was it called? Last podcast on the left. Everyone fucking loves it. Yeah. I fucking hate it. 
because it's three hours to get the information out, and half the time you're spending with them yucking it up on their own dumb jokes that aren't funny. Uh huh. Sounds like you're talking about this podcast. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Is the other one is very tight. It's tight. Yeah. I don't screw around. I'm here to tell you about the symbolism, and I find it, and I tell you. I might sprinkle a joke here or there, but we're getting through it, and you're getting back to your day. Yeah. And I'm finding a very efficient way to do yes. that. And this one, and this is one is not that. Way more yucking it up. This is this is our podcast, last podcast on the yes. left. Yes. And look, to be fair, because I don't know the last podcast, guys. They're probably the funniest fucking people on earth. I have no idea. Yeah. I just know I tried to study some topics, and they would have shows about it. We're going back a long time, and I would put on their show, and I'd be like, "Jesus Christ, this is three hours. Get through it already. I don't even know what you're saying. Yeah. You're not teaching me anything. You're just yucking it up with your friends." <laughs> So, but that's okay. Like that's their Cause format. That's a different because people like that. Yes. Hence us starting this because people like this sometimes. Yeah. Conversational, let it go where it goes type shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what. But this I is. think that oh, there's a lot of those are like, you know, I have very unpopular opinions where I say I hate moms sometimes. Well, there you go. <laughs> that's what you get. And then I get somebody going, "This bitch like said she hates moms," and I was like, "Yeah." And to be fair, everyone loves moms. Everybody does love moms. And listen, I love moms too, but (laughs) you guys are fucking annoying too. (laughs) Well, okay, so now you got to comment. Now you got to. Now you guys got to put a five star opinion or review on there (laughs) to counter the one stars she's getting from haters. (laughs) They're not haters. They're they're right. (laughs) I say shitty things. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. What are you gonna do? What am I gonna not be me? I don't know. (laughs) All right, so leave a review. Sign up for a thing, whatever, you know. Whatever. Enjoy your fourth. Enjoy the fourth. <laughs> but I don't know if they're going to hear it by the fourth. Oh, you're going to release it after. I, st- I got to do all the editing and all the stuff. So you might, hopefully you enjoyed your fourth. Enjoy. <laughs> okay. All right. Anything else? Nope. Okay, folks. Till next time. We, we love, love you. you.